for tuning into Big Ten On Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sports Network. I am John Suarez, joined with you by my co-host, Johnny Nani. We got episode 10 today. Johnny, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. Uh, you know, finally recovering from the uh, loss and our fun outing this past Saturday down in Champaign. But, uh, you know, good times nonetheless. Uh, I, I was glad that we were able to make this the first of hopefully a yearly tradition, John. A hundred percent. We're trying to make the land of Lincoln trophy rivalry game great again. We're trying to bring the basketball rivalry back. We're just trying to make this rivalry great again in general. So it was a lot of fun. Hopefully we make it a tradition We're I'm looking forward to it. We're already sitting here talking about going to basketball games here in a couple weeks. So yeah. we obviously had a lot of fun. Um, the game didn't go your way unfortunately i may have had a little more fun than you but uh, but you know we're gonna get right into that we actually do have a guest lined up for you guys today which i'm actually extremely excited about we'll get into that in just a minute but yeah john you had mentioned you had a little time to recuperate so you know we're not gonna go too much into the game we had just put out that like brief episode to recap the game mostly so we're going to go into a broad spectrum season wrap up. Illini 6 and 6, 4 and 5 in Big Ten play, fourth in the Big Ten West behind a couple of big names that all finished the season ranked, I'm pretty sure. So, what are your thoughts on the 2019 Illini football season, Johnny? Yeah, so I mean, it's roller coaster. That that was kind of the uh, way that I described it, you know, right after obviously we were at the very top of it, uh, at the high after the Michigan State game when I wrote that uh article about them becoming bowl eligible but uh you know finished with a little bit of a down here and granted injuries play a factor into that and whatnot but um either way i i'd say roller coaster but at the same time uh the highs in this one were definitely higher than seasons past so i can't be too disappointed um being bowl eligible is something that you know uh it's few and far between for illinois football as of late so um and just like i said given all the injuries i know it's easy everybody has injuries it's easy to make excuses uh using that but there's a lot of impact players out so basically what i use this as is a stepping stone for next year Uh, i'm sure the bowl game will be great and i hope they win that and uh you know i'll be rooting big time for that but essentially for me this is a you know building block for next year because they're returning around 80 percent of the snaps um, so, you know, the seniors, sure, there are a couple impact ones in Dele Harding, Dre Brown, Reggie Corbin, that'll be gone. But um, there, there's going to be a lot of young talent on this team as well. And now some guys getting some experience, some of these grad transfers that we had come in and make impacts. We'll be back again because, you know, they have a couple seasons of eligibility for most of those guys. And Wole Batiku, uh, Brandon Peters, Joshua Matterbaby, those types of guys will be back. So um, I'm excited. It, it gives me more hope than, uh, you know, not making a bowl because even if you go, uh, Maybe if this is, you know, five and seven and you're just missing it, then you still feel like you haven't climbed that yet. Whereas um, the even though it's 500 and it's technically mediocre, uh, very average, perfectly average, actually. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just use it as a building block. That's going to be my key word here, John. 
Yeah, no, building blocks are key, and especially being in where your program was at, where Lovey's finally starting to get his recruits on the field and watch them produce. He's, you guys are taking a step forward, so it was cool to see. It was cool to see, you know, the fan base that's gone through so many years of hardship still sticking around and being loyal to their team. You know, it's not something we see a lot in our state, <clears throat> the Cubs. Um, But anyways, so moving on. <laughs> um, Northwestern, they finished the year three and nine. You know, unfortunately, it wasn't really this. It was the opposite of the season that I was expecting, Johnny. And it sucked. I'll be the first to tell you. Um, But we finished the year on a high note, which is all you can really do at that point. Um, You know, one and eight in Big Ten play going into the game, zero oh and eight. The win against uh, the Illini definitely boosted my morale heading into the offseason because I was at rock bottom. You know, being in Indy last year, right around this time, I just had the memories pop up on my, like, uh, time hop and all that bull crap. So to be able to see that they went from that to where they're at now with mainly the same roster, you're just kind of missing your quarterback, who is a team leader, so I'll grant him that. But it was tough to see. And, you know, we're going to be missing, I mean, presumably our two best defensive pieces on – you know, a defense that wasn't even too rock solid. So it'll be interesting to see where Northwestern ends up next year. Um, they do have kind of a similar schedule in terms of toughness to this year. Obviously, you got to play Wisconsin every year. You got to play Nebraska. You got to play Iowa. And now if Illinois is good, you got to play them. So, it, you know, looking forward, obviously, I am a little bit worried about the state of Northwestern. And we have a little bit of news from within the program, which is obviously going to impact their. Um, you know, trajectory moving forward. So we'll get right into that in just a moment. But yeah, Northwestern, not the season I was looking for. And, you know, we need some building blocks as well. We got a couple building blocks. Andrew Marty had came in and played those last two games at quarterback and was very serviceable. I may have been a little bit overserved post Illini game and may have acted like he was the greatest of all time. And I'm looking at <laughs> stats and I think he had like five completions on the game. So um, just, you know, looking forward. There's a lot of work to do. Back to the drawing board. Pat Fitzgerald's good about getting his guys hyped up over an offseason. So we'll see. We'll see what we got. But moving in to the back end of our intro, Johnny, we have a special guest lined up today. And, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, this it, it is a Northwestern-related guest, guys. Sorry for the Illini fans out there. But, I mean, even still, listen, it's going to be a great interview. He is a player of note for sure. Definitely, like, it, the fact that we got him for our first player guest is insane to me. So, without further ado, we are going to be – well, he's not coming on right now. But we're going to be bringing on Joe Gaziano, Northwestern's all-time sack leader, just wrapped up his career at NU, three-time All-Big Ten um, honoree, he was a second team All Big Ten 2017, second team in 2018, and he was a first team honoree finally this year. Um, but defensive end, obviously, a position that that's stacked. You know, Chase Young was the other honoree in the first team, so huge yeah. accolade. Um, a guy that appeared in over 50 games in his career for Northwestern, and a dude that he's he's a fucking dude. So I'm excited yeah. to have guys on. He's the man. Um, but before we get into having guys on, Johnny, why don't you get us into a little bit of Illini news? It was uh, quite the interesting week news-wise. 
Yeah, so you had mentioned uh, guys earning some of those honors, and John, I'm excited to talk to him too. Even though you know, being an Illinois guy here, uh, it'll be interesting to hear from an insider perspective. Uh, if, you know, someone inside the Northwestern program who, like you had said, was there uh, for a long time. You know, fifth year senior there, so um, definitely excited to hear from him. But uh, you had mentioned some of those honors here, and that's where my news, most of the majority of my news here, comes from. And uh, Illinois had a slew of players uh, that earned Big Ten, all Big Ten honors here. Um, Blake Hayes, our punter, uh, punter of the year in the Big Ten first team, uh, voted by the coaches and the media. Um, you know, he, he had just some unbelievable coffin corner punts, uh, one that hit the pylon at Purdue. Uh, they've showed that highlight a couple of times ever since uh, he won the honor. So um, that was cool to see good recognition for Blake Hayes. Um, you know, it, Illinois has done a good job of uh, having at least one either punter or kicker um, every year. You know, Chase McLaughlin kind of bouncing around teams now, but he was an all Big Ten honoree last last year uh, in his senior season. So a uh, good honor for Blake Case there, punter of the year in the Big Ten. Um, other than that, I'll kind of read through these. Linebacker Daley Harding, first team uh, voted by the media, third team voted by the coaches. Um, you know, he, he was an animal, stepped up, especially when uh, Jake Hansen went down because Jake Hansen was kind of the rock for the first part of the season. Then Daley Harding uh, definitely contributed, but then became more of the rock uh, the second half of the season um, of that linebacking core. So then other than that, Reggie Corbin, um, despite all the injuries, still third team, uh, uh, voted by coaches and media. Uh, kick returner Dre Brown, um, third team, voted by coaches and media. And, you know, he, he did some work as a running back, too. Uh, I think that uh, he uh, was graded very highly in the kick return game nationally, not just in the Big Ten. So uh, that's kind of what earned him the honors there. So I was glad he was able to slot in there because, uh, obviously, the Big Ten's always flush with uh, quality running backs. So uh, good to see Dre Brown, the senior, get some honors. Um uh, Sidney Brown on defense safety. Uh, he was voted third team uh, by the coaches and honorable mention by the media. Um, Alex Polcheski, offensive lineman, third team by the coaches, uh, honorable mention by the media. Uh, defensive lineman Wole Batiku, even despite uh, being out at least three games with an injury, third team by the media. He started off the year unbelievable, uh, leading the nation in sacks and all that. And obviously the injury kind of slowed that uh, sort of uh, pace down that he had going, but uh, it was an impressive start for him for sure. And then uh, Jake Hansen, even with the injuries at the end, honorable mention by coaches and media. Uh, offensive lineman Doug Kramer, honorable mention coaches and media. Uh, offensive lineman Kendrick Green, honorable mention by the media. Uh, safety Stanley Green, honorable mention by the media. Cornerback Nate Hobbs, uh, honorable mention by the media. He had a couple of key picks this season. Uh, wide out Josh Baby, honorable mention by the media. Definitely, uh, you know, he was, um, at least before that uh, Iowa game, you know, leading the Big Ten in receiving touchdowns. So um, good to see him kind of break out of his shell because he had potential at USC and then finally realized it here at Illinois. So that was good to see. And then defensive lineman Jamal Milan. Uh, honorable mention by the media. So uh, a lot, a lot of names get to there. Uh, it's good to have that though, because uh, they're going to be returning. You know, not uh, Dale Harding or Reggie Corbin or Dre Brown, but a lot of those other guys are coming back. So um, th- that is good to see. Other than that, um, we'll find out Illinois Bowl Sunday night. I believe that's the selection show. So that's all I've got for Illinois news. Turn it over to Northwestern, John. Yeah, no. Well, real quick before I get into the Northwestern news, it's actually awesome to see the fact that they had what it looks like about fourteen honorees. I can't, I haven't counted them up. Looks, like, yeah, about fourteen honorees. One thing I do want to say: a matter baby got robbed. Honorable mention by the media. That's disrespectful. Like to not even get voted by the coaches. We had talked about it going into last week. I get it. He missed the last week. I don't know if he missed any other games, but wasn't he leading by like a reasonable margin in touchdowns? Yeah, he's in the he, conference. Yeah. I believe it was before the Iowa game. He had nine, and that was like uh, I think the next leader had seven. 
So yeah, so I'm sure he probably finished either in the lead, tied with the lead, just behind the lead. But just honorable mention. That's the that's a snub for sure. But the fact that they had that many people honored, that's it's good to see that they kind of took note of the year that Illinois had and the fact that they turned their program around. So. Uh, moving into the Northwestern news, the biggest news of all was it came the morning after, actually, the game that we had gone to, that Northwestern and offensive coordinator Mick McCall have decided to part ways after 12 years. Um, I don't think anyone was, was shocked, though. <laughs> no one was shocked. I was like, I was saying at the whole game, I was like, this is his last game. I'm glad to see him go out on a good note instead of an awful note. 0-9 in conference would have sucked. That would have, like, I, w- I, I don't feel really bad for him at all because if you dive into the numbers I want to say he only had a top uh 35 offense in his tenure one time yeah that's not good. The, the thing is the coaches especially in college are cyclical um you yeah. know you, you got to freshen it up sometimes and you know, like if you said he's been there for 12 seasons uh probably about time for a change and now obviously a legitimate reason and you know he probably understands that as well um you know you, you don't get retained for you know failing at your job that's, nope. You know, yeah. That's, so being below average, you know, he kind of, I, I, in my opinion, he probably got saved the last couple of years. And this was even before like this had come out. I have always been like, a, I haven't been the biggest Mick McCall fan. You know, I'm grateful for the offensive stars that we've had over the last couple of years with like Justin Jackson and Clayton Thorson. But those are the kind of guys that Mick McCall needs to start taking out to dinner once a week because they saved his ass for fucking years. <laughs> he yeah. should have been fired years ago. So, um, Besides that, it has been rumored, I believe, Louis Vachar of uh, Wildcat Report, um, the rival's um, Northwestern site, had said that uh, Fitz is already down to four candidates. And, you know, there's plenty of names we can get into. A lot of people are calling for Mike Kafka, who is the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback coach. I don't think he's leaving the Chiefs anytime soon. And if he is, he's going to be a coordinator or a coach in the NFL. So the more realistic option that I've been hearing is actually Tommy Reese, who is the former Notre Dame quarterback. He uh, started his coaching career as a graduate assistant at Northwestern. I believe he's like a River Forest product, Illinois guy. So it Mm. makes sense. He's young. You can, he could, you can like, you know, that this next move kind of decides Pat Fitzgerald's future. So he's going to make, he's going to, I mean, the fact that he's already down to four candidates, I mean, looks to me like he's been looking for a while. You can't get down to four candidates like five days into your search. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. Just a quick comment on Reese. I feel like, you know, when those guys do uh, start with like grad assistant positions there, um, they build familiarity and then that becomes a link to the coaches for when an opportunity like this opens up. So I wouldn't be totally surprised if, uh, you know, that was the case where he came back there. And obviously, like you said, that's who my proximity. So, yeah, that's who, in my opinion, based off like the articles I've seen put out is probably the front runner for the uh, job. It just depends on if he gets offered something that he would rather have besides that. But that's a, I mean, that's a pretty enticing job. Big Ten offensive coordinator, like, I would take it. Um, I believe currently he's like the Notre Dame quarterbacks coach or something. But anyways, um, freshman running back slash defensive back. We had talked about him briefly before the show. I didn't even know his name, Johnny. This is how, like, under the radar this guy was. He was actually a three-star recruit. Um, but Coco Azima. Had himself quite the day rushing. He only carried the ball seven times, but he ran it for 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Super cool moment, side plug. I was actually standing right next to his mom when he scored that touchdown. It was right near the end of the game. It was actually the the final, I hate to say it, nail in the coffin. And um, she was going crazy. She was real excited. It was his first collegiate touchdown. So to be able to see that firsthand, that was fucking cool. So other than that, he won Big Ten Freshman of the Week, rightfully so. 
being a defensive back all year, practicing with the defense, not practicing with the offense until the last two weeks of the season, and then having seven carries for 123 yards, he just earned his spot yeah. in the running back room next year. I don't care how deep the injuries are. I hope he gets yeah. That's impressive. Like you said, uh, being on the opposite side of the ball uh, up until then, it's, you know, the results speak for themselves there. So uh, happy for the kid. And then, you know, happy that you got to, uh, you know, celebrate with his mother. That, that, yeah, was, we pretty, were, that was, a, was a pretty cool moment. We were going crazy. I was like 10 beers deep. So that was a good time. Uh, moving on, uh, Teddy Greenstein of Chicago Tribune last week had actually reported that Bennett Skoranek, Senior wide receiver was going to forego seeking his uh, redshirt opportunity to go pro. That news has since been updated to he kind of got some feedback in terms of where he would land professionally, and they said he doesn't have enough tape, which makes no sense to me because he literally was our like number one, number two receiver for like a three year stretch. So he's got plenty of tape, but um, yeah, so he's actually decided to enter the transfer portal which is a bit peculiar because Northwestern actually just had two defensive backs under the transfer portal, and I saw someone tweet out a picture, and it had said that, you know, these two guys enter the transfer portal two days after Skoranek had been rumored to enter the transfer portal, and they're already off the team's official roster on the website, but Skoranek remains on it. So mm. a possibility that he's kind of, it's kind of like free agency. He's seeking his options, but he might come back for a fifth year. If he does come back for a fifth year, that would be huge. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, um, not too many honorees, definitely not as many as Illinois had in terms of the all big 10 teams. Um, but yeah, we're going to start it off. We had a first team honoree and that was Joe Gaziano definitely earned it, had himself quite the year. I believe that was first 10 coaches and media third team honoree. We had Patty Fisher, who is a three time big 10, all honor, all, ugh, all big 10 honoree. That's a tough sentence. And he is probably going to go pro, Johnny. Um, he is a true junior, never redshirted, started playing as a freshman, and immediately made an impact. Obviously, he was all Big Ten as a freshman. And, yeah, so he's probably going to end up going pro, too. We had a couple honorable mentions. Um, the only one senior, that's going to be offensive uh, lineman Jared Thomas. He's going to be moving on from the program. But three juniors got selected for honorable mentions, all of which should be returning uh, unless Rashawn Slater gets a good pro grade and ends up deciding to go to the NFL. But I really don't see that happening. But honorable mention in the Big Ten, we had Travis Willock. He is a safety. He also played. He was Patty Fisher's high school teammate, well-documented. He... Started the year struggling, missing a lot of tackles. Ended up, I believe, leading the team in tackles by team's fin by season's finish. So uh, he got honorable mention. Blake Gallagher, who led the Big Ten in tackles last year, was also honorable mention. And then, uh, like I had said, Jared Thomas and Rashawn Slater, both the offensive linemen, were honorable mention as well. Um, other than that, moving on from that, let's go into our players of the week from the game, and then we'll bring our uh, special guest that we got for you guys on. Johnny, we'll start off with you with uh, U of I. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go with uh, Caleb Reams on offense. You know, it was a very uh, dull day for Illinois. Uh, they only had the ball for 18-12 as opposed to Northwestern's 41-48. So um, obviously not a lot to work with there. But in that time, uh, Caleb Reams caught five passes for 57 yards. And on the one drive where we actually did look like we had something going, we ended up scoring. Uh, Dre Brown with the touchdown run. Um 
But uh, to set that up on third down, there's a big play down the sideline. He had a nice really uh, go up and get it type of haul in uh, on the sideline that helped set up that touchdown run. So I'm going to give it to Caleb Reams for that. Obviously not a whole lot going across the stat sheet here uh, for Illinois. Um, Obviously the rushing yards were pretty much non-existent. Um, (laughs) 160 total yards on the game, so uh, not a whole lot going on. You know, Matt Robinson, it's tough coming in uh, being a freshman and having to fill in for Brandon Peters there. So uh, I'll give it to Caleb Reams. you know, upperclassmen wide out there. Um, and then um, on defense, Daley Harding, a guy who just earned a first uh, all-team Big Ten, uh, 15 tackles, 12 solo, one for loss. Uh, he's back at it again, being the rock with Jake Hansen out. So um, I'll give a little bit of a nod to Nate Hobbs because the only other exciting play really for Illinois um, was his interception uh, that he ran back, I think, like 29 yards. Uh, he also had three tackles. One of them was solo. So uh, Nate Hobbs on the outside there, he had, I believe he got an honorable mention as well. Um, uh, on that, uh, you know, Big Ten, all Big Ten sheet there. So um, other than that, uh, Blake Hayes, punter of the year uh, for special teams. That's definitely a special teams player of the week uh, since we had to punt a lot. Uh, he had four of them, 197 yards, long of 61. Um, he is the Big Ten punter of the year for a reason. So uh, Blake Hayes on special teams. But uh, now, yeah, I know we kind of did the full like recap, but uh, we didn't have the stats in front of us, obviously, and they're probably still being finalized as we were recording that since it was immediately after in the car. Um, so, you know, uh, good to get those out there. So even though, you know, in this game, it'd be easy for me to say, oh, you know, like, screw these guys. I don't even, nobody deserved anything, yada, yada, being bitter after a loss. But um, I'll give it to these guys because, you know, it, it was it was tough grind for Illinois. Just nothing, you know, really went their way outside of that one Dre Brown touchdown run. So, um, yeah, I'll hand it over to you for Northwestern. Yeah, so um, this is actually going to be the first time all season that we're going to have co-honorees on the offensive side of the ball, and rightfully so. Uh, We're going to give the nod for the second straight week to Andrew Marty, but we're also going to include Coco Azima. Um, Obviously, I had included the stats earlier. You know, the seven carries, 123 yards for a touchdown, but listen to these stats from Andrew Marty. This is fucking ridiculous. 30 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns, he was only six for 10 passing for 55 yards with a touchdown and interception. He actually equated to a quarterback rating of 48. The reason, the reason he's getting offensive player of the week is not only the fact that he's a quarterback and he ran the ball 30 fucking times, the last college football player period to run the ball 30 times for over a hundred yards and two touchdowns or more was carry on Johnson on Auburn in the iron bowl. Wow. Like 20, 2016, like three years ago, the last quarterback to do it. He's on your Baltimore Ravens, Johnny Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson yeah. was the last quarterback to do that. So that's like impressive company. So that alone obviously got him the nod. I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah. I just got a quick comment on Marty there because you, uh, you know, you talk about the quarterback rating being down and sure when you don't throw that much, it's not, not going to have a chance to spike up at all, but what he did in that game and just what needed to be done with, you know, kind of the conditions cold and wet and a little bit rainy at times, uh, you know, and it kind of would dry up and then get rainy again. Um, he really helped control the clock there. I think that is more oh important goodness. than anything. Um, e- even though obviously the 111 yards and two touchdowns, those are the results, but it just, you know, wears down Illinois defense overall when you're getting those little, you know, only if it's, three, four yards on a keeper um, designed run or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, not to him because, you know, Illinois couldn't stop it. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely some props to him from uh, my side of things here. 
Yeah, it was definitely an impressive performance to see firsthand. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, we're actually the same person, back-to-back weeks. And Goins more so earned it because of his not more so notability going into last week. You know, not a lot of people on the defensive side of the ball really knew that he could have the type of performance that he did. This week he earned it, Johnny. He had six tackles, three tackles for loss, one pass defended, and a pass breakup. As a defensive end, my man was all over the field. I was saying it in the stands. I think he, I think he had two tackles for loss in a row on the same side of downs, which was that's always impressive. So you know he was he was having himself quite the day, and that was a great way because that was his last game in a Northwestern uniform. So he we send him off, defensive cat of the week. Um, obviously can't be a three-time in a row honoree because he's not gonna be able to win a week one next week. So cool to see, <laughs> cool to see him play that way in his final game. Um, and special teams, nobody's gonna go ahead and get the nod there. We finally did kick a couple field goals, but Kubander seemed a little shaken up. He was off. He was one for two field goal wise and two for three on extra points. So a little bit rattled up. He is a junior, so he will presumably be coming back. But I expect there to be a kicking competition going into next year as well. And, you know, that kind of sucks because I'm a, I'm a big Kubander guy. He's made some important kicks over his career. Um, one of note would be that one against Michigan State um, a couple years back. That was a huge kick. I, th- I believe he was the one that hit the kick against Nebraska a couple years ago. So, I mean, to see him have these struggles later on in his career, it's tough to watch. So Yeah, the you know, the kicking is a game of what have you done for me lately, though. It sucks because you can get yeah. like, attached to him or whatever. But yep. uh, there's been times where, you know, James McCourt wins the game for us at, uh, against Wisconsin. He's the hero. He's propped up on everyone's shoulders. Then he almost cost you at, uh, at Michigan State missing an extra point. So um, it's a lot of what have you done for me lately. So that's kind of what the situation sounds like over there yeah so i mean other than that special teams wasn't the best year for us would like to see special teams be more incorporated next year you know whether it be um a kicker that drills field goals and that we're not you know we're having confidence when we're on the opponent's 30 yard line 25 yard line to kick that field goal instead of go for a ridiculous fourth down conversion or you know even a better return game riley lees has been a return guy for the last year or two years and he hasn't really done much so i want to see them switch it up there but, yeah, besides that, we are actually going to go ahead and we're going to bring our special guest on. Joe Gaziano has been waiting on the line patiently for us. So, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go. We're going to take a break real quick and we'll bring him right back. Lewerke, pressure coming and he's blasted in the end zone. That's a safety. And Lewerke getting drilled by Joe Gaziano. That's a safety. He's tackled in the end zone. He's to play as a safety. And they get the ball back. Play. It's the day of freshman, a redshirt freshman, Joe Gaziano, with his first career sack, and it's a safety. All right, and we're back. We have our guest for this uh, week's show. It's Joe Gaziano, uh, Northwestern defensive end. Uh, Joe, how are you doing today, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Doing great. I'm actually in uh, the Sunshine State down in Florida, starting to uh, train for the combine and, and draft season. So, uh, exciting new chapter in my life but it's uh good to get started and uh and be in some warm weather there you go yeah one page uh turns another chapter starts so uh yeah obviously nfl aspirations you had quite the career at northwestern so we wish you nothing but the best of luck on your journey in terms of training over the off season we hope you get drafted to the team that you're looking to get drafted to all that good stuff um 
But yeah, so before we get into what we have for you guys today, our interview with Joe and all that, we're going to let, so we obviously know you, Joe, as the Northwestern defensive end, you know, NU's all-time sack leader, all Big Ten. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe something our listeners don't know, kind of where you grew up, a little bit about where you're at right now, how you got here? Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So I, uh, I grew up in Citroen, Massachusetts. It's a small town. Uh, on the South Shore, uh, just outside of Boston, about 45-minute drive from downtown. Um, but went to a private high school, played uh, you know Division One, which is the highest league in, in Massachusetts football. But you know, still coming out of high school, I only had four Power Five offers. Um, so kind of under-recruited guy, especially um, you know going into the Big Ten against you know some four-star, five-star guys, and um, you know wasn't exactly a highly touted recruit when I stepped on on campus at Northwestern, but. Um, since that first day, just kind of grinded to where I am today, and um, like you said, had had a fun career, had had a lot of uh, success um, in wins and and whatnot, and making some stats that uh, that you could read off and, and be impressed with. So proud of my career at Northwestern, kind of where I've come from. Uh, it's been a it's been a long journey, but it, it's been a hell of a ride. That was like the the most awesome humble brag I think I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was awesome. <laughs> But yeah, fuck yeah. So um, yeah, um, to introduce ourselves to you a little bit, Joe, Johnny had kind of mentioned to you before, but yeah, we're Big Ten on Tap. We are a Northwestern and Illinois-centered podcast. You know, we're trying to make the rivalry great again, which, I mean, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, we're trying to see full stadiums for that Land Lincoln Trophy, which you have plenty of history with. You're 4-0 in Land Lincoln Trophy games, so... Um, that's our main goal is to try and get the fans, you know, more oriented with both teams, knowing more about each other. This is actually our first year doing this. So you're our first guest that we've had in terms of players. We've had a couple radio personalities, but other than that, we just, we really wanted to, uh, thank you. And we appreciate you for coming on, but whenever you're ready, we're ready to start the interview with you. Yeah, for sure. Let's get after it. All right, Joe. Um, first question here. So you had uh, 29 and a half sacks. Uh, it's a school record at Northwestern there. Uh, is there any particular one that stands out to you the most? Um, I mean, a lot of people uh, will probably point to the first one that I had, uh, which was uh, the Michigan State sack uh, safety um, at their place. Uh, it was my redshirt freshman year, and uh, it, was, it was the first sack that I had. I think it was the, the fourth game of the season or so, and kind of came around the edge. And, it was a big hit that was kind of blown up all over the internet. So that was a cool one for me. Um, definitely memorable, but you know, I've had a couple others, uh, such as the, the one at Utah or in the holiday bowl against Utah last year was a strip sack, um, that kind of seized momentum in the third quarter. And, uh, Jared McGee took that one back for, uh, an 85 yard touchdown. So it was a cool little scoop and score. This year. Well, that's honestly, yeah, I didn't actually know that the Michigan State sack was your first sack. That one stood out in my memory the most. Yeah, that one was all over the place. You blasted Lurky on that play. That was, I felt bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, but, I was just trying to get him down. I didn't, I didn't realize how hard I hit him until after when I saw the clip. I was just trying to get the first sack. And Hey, you're out there. there. You're out there to hit the person with the ball. You got Your job was complete. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Exactly. Moving on, obviously, you know, a defensive end, playing for a defensive-minded coach like Coach Fitz, you know, what is something you feel like over your five-year career, because not many people may know you redshirted your first year, so you were on campus for five years. What is something you think you feel like you learned the most or benefited from him the most, anything that he may have taught you in your career? Yeah, I think um, just being able to diagnose what happened on the field is something that I learned from Coach Fitz. Um, 
you know, you come off, off the field as a young player and, uh, you know, your coach, either it's your position coach or coach Fitch will ask you, like, Hey, what happened on that play? It's kind of like, um, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> and then later on your, in your career, you're able to diagnose like, okay, the backfield set was this, the tight end was here. Um, you know, the splitting was a little wider and you're able to kind of diagnose pre-snap and then post-snap. Oh, the tackle went down the, you know, the, the pulling guard came my way or, or the running back stabbed this way. You're able to kind of, uh, diagnose what happened on the play so that you can, um, you know, figure out what's hurting us as a defense and how we can stop that in the future. Yeah, for sure. De- definitely interesting to hear from, uh, you know, perspective of growing through that. And especially you had uh, time to do that, um, you know, over a five-year career there. So um, it's just interesting to hear uh, what someone like Fitz brings to the table there. So, um, Joe, you know, football is more than just on the field, uh, on the gridiron, what the people see. Um, you know, it becomes a family sort of thing, too. So who are you tight with uh, most mostly at Northwestern? Uh, like, who'd you room with? Uh, who'd you hang out with all the time? Uh, just give us a little background on that a little off the field, uh, but still with the team sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, when I moved off campus, uh, my first roommates were um, J.B. Butler, Blake Hant, Keith Reineke, um, Ben Oxley, and Eric Lutzen. So we lived in a big apartment with the, the six of us. Um, and then, you know, they're all the great above me, so they all graduated. And now I'm actually roommates with uh, Ben Skoranek, so we get along really well despite being offense versus defense. But um, he's a great guy, has worked hard, and had a, had a great Northwestern career as well. But um, you know, I, I would be remorse if I didn't mention my guys, uh, Trent Goins, who you know, was in my class, my recruiting class, as the other defensive end, switched over to super back and then came back and, and made an impact at the end of his career. Um, and then Joe Bergen, the Wildcat, number one. He's a good friend of mine, as well as TJ, who, you know, really looking forward to, to watching TJ next year uh, and his recovery from that, that injury this year. You're, you're really quick. I'll let John jump in because I know he, he's itching at the, uh, you know, to get on the mic here. But um, I went to high school with J.B. Butler, just a fun fact. I went to Joliet Catholic, so uh, he was a little bit younger oh, than me. Yeah, so there's just a connection that I have there. But go ahead, John. I, I know you were about to say something. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, if your roommates with Ben, tell them don't go. <laughs> we need them next year. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's cool. It's good to get a little bit of a background about, like, the guys that you kind of hang out with and whatnot. And, yeah, so that's that's awesome. Um, moving on, you know, a non-football-related question. Um, what's your favorite thing to do in your spare time when you're not playing football? You know, when you got a little free time, no school, you know, no class, no practice, you know, off season maybe. You know, what's your favorite thing to do to just kind of chill and relax? Yeah, I'm I'm a big golfer actually. So really? in the off season, especially in the summer and in spring, I've been trying to get out in the links and kind of you know, North Shore Chicago has no shortage of of good courses. So I've been trying to explore the area and find some courses and, and lower my score every year. Sweet. Well, I kind of have another uh, sport related question later that I'll probably throw out. I was going to ask you what your uh, favorite sport besides football was. I take it. It's probably golf. Uh, either golf or lacrosse. I was a lacrosse player in high school as well. So that's, uh, that's an underrated and underappreciated sport in my mind. Have you uh, chilled with Pat Spencer, the lacrosse guy on the basketball team at all? <laughs> I have not. Uh, I was hoping to, to get in his ear and, and, uh, and talk a little shop with him. But no, uh, I mean, he's a great athlete. And it's fun to see what he can do in the hardwood, hardwood as well. They were talking about it the other day on the game. Sorry to go completely off topic here, but they were like basically saying he's like the LeBron James of lacrosse. I didn't know that he was like that, that had that illustrious of a career. I don't follow lacrosse, so I didn't know that. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, he won the, uh, the Tourton Trophy, which is basically the Heisman. 
um, across. So he's he's a, a complete athlete, which is really impressive. That's insane. All right. Um, go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll bring it back a little bit to the football field here. Um, kind of more uh, locker room, though. Uh, you know, outside of maybe videos that the uh, team social media account will post for, like, victory celebrations or something, um, you know, you, we don't really get a look in there. Uh, can you tell us, like, a funny story or two? Um, you don't have to cross the line or anything, but, um, you know, obviously that's where camaraderie's built, too. So a uh, funny story or two from the locker room, uh, anything that sticks out to you uh, from your time at Northwestern? Yeah, I mean, there's um, guys are always rambunctious. I think uh, one of the funniest things is always the battle over the ox, which just happens, in, I think, in any locker room that you'll ever see, or, or any weight room for that matter, is uh, guys are always fighting over which, which type of music gets to get played. And we end up having, um, you know, designated days or different guys that get in the ox. But um, one funny story that I can remember, actually, is uh, a couple guys are in the locker room just playing catch with, a, I think it was like a tennis ball or something. And... Um, like through like the the a hallway almost where like you can you can can't see when you turn around the corner from one of the doors and um, uh, I think it was Trevor Strobel was a former uh, long snapper and then Eric Lupton uh, walked by right as Trevor threw it and it hit him where uh, you know where where men don't like to get hit <laughs> and, uh, it, just, uh, it just started an all out war between the two of them so. Uh, I think that was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen is, is those two guys chasing each other around the locker room over a tennis ball. <laughs> that's funny as shit. Hell yeah. Thank, thank you for, yeah, because like that's obviously, you know, we're big fans of the pro, or I'm a big fan of the program, and that's like a funny story. You know, we don't get to hear stuff like that. So we, we appreciate that little inside, uh, inside story. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of characters on the team, a lot of guys coming from different areas. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, like happy tension, I would call it. It's where, where guys, we get along and we all love each other like brothers, but, you know, we all have different backgrounds and different beliefs. So you kind of get to, to yeah. um, you know, debate different things. You know, NBA is always a big topic. I've heard many screaming matches over who's better, um, <laughs> LeBron or MJ. So it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. And, and that's what, what kind of makes college football unique is that there's so many different guys from different backgrounds and you all you become so close over your tenure. Yeah, sweet. Well, um, yeah, moving on, um, we actually are, yeah, this is actually our last question that we had had kind of prepared for you. Maybe we'll have a couple that will kind of roll off the top of our heads, but, um, you know, preparing to take this next step in your career towards the NFL, um, growing up as a Massachusetts guy, who is your favorite, like, who's your dream team? Are you a Patriots guy? Yeah, I'm a Patriots guy, so I've rooted for them ever since I, I can remember in, in 2001 when they went to the Super Bowl against the Rams, so that's kind of been the team that I've rooted for, um, you know, my honestly, dad's a big Rams guy. So I remember that Super Bowl vividly. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great game. I remember that. Um, oh yeah. But honestly, you know, I'm just working as hard as I can right now to, to be the best, you know, complete player that I can, so I can be an asset to any team. And, um, you, you know, once you, once you get to this level, it's, it's a point where, you know, I fell in love with the game from watching the Patriots, but that's not the only team that I can root for because I just, you know, the game itself is so unique and, and each team has a different philosophy. And um, it's interesting to kind of adapt yourself and, and kind of plug yourself into a different system and, and be able to compete at a high level. 
Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, um, or well, Johnny, you can go ahead. Yeah. So, Joe, I was just—I I told John I was going to tell this to you before because um, I'm from the Chicagoland area, but I am a Ravens fan. Ed Reed is my favorite player of all time, uh, so I just kind of became a Ravens fan through that. Um, and obviously, they're having a great year this year. But I told John I'm going to tell you: just keep the purple, and you can join the Ravens, uh, join that pass rush, and then Illinois and Northwestern can unite. You and Jihad Ward can absolutely tear up the AFC North. So, how's that? Sound? <laughs> Hey, man, whoever's paying, I'll play. (laughs) (laughs) I said to get that in there because of purple connection, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's the answer. I like it. He said, whoever's signing that check, I'm suiting the fuck up. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, yeah, so, um, Johnny, do you have anything else you want to ask him in terms of, like, extensive questions or – um, this one will probably, I, I was surprised you didn't ask anything about this, John, but, um, this one will probably break my heart a little bit, but what, uh, game is most memorable for you? I know obviously is going to be a little bit emotional being the senior year one here, but, um, any land of Lincoln game that was obviously you won four of them. So, um, sucks for me, but you know, obviously for winning that thing, uh, it's, it means a lot to the guys on both sides of that rivalry. Um, even in, you know, when teams have years that they're struggling in, uh, it's always kind of a saving grace there. So you have a favorite memory from the land of Lincoln games or a favorite game itself. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the first one that we won was our pinstripe bowl year, and that was a really important game because it was our sixth win, so that was to get bowl eligible. So I think that um, that one stuck out in my mind. It was kind of the first time that I had been a part of a hack game too, so I didn't really, um, you know, I hadn't been – I'd observed a few, but I'd never been on the field for it. So to kind of um, be able to, to raise that trophy with, um, you know, especially the senior class, of that year was, was really special. And then kind of from there, I was able to learn and grow as, you know, how, how important this rivalry is and, and how, uh, how much it matters to, you know, the Northwestern and the Illinois fans and, and uh, kind of the whole state of Illinois as well. Was that the one in Soldier Field or was that? Uh, no, that was the, was the one after Soldier Field. So that was the, uh, that was at home. Okay. Sweet, yeah. I remember that game, too. I just, I Sometimes yeah. I struggle with putting the fucking years together. Yeah, because they, they, like, moved it the one year, and then it kind of threw off, like... Yeah, do you know... Because, like, you're used to it just alternating, yeah. Do, do you know anything about why all that fell through? I never really heard. They, I remember they had, like, said that they were going to play a couple games at Soldier Field, and then they just played the one and, like, never did. Yeah, I think it was... Uh, um, well, Northwestern had dubbed itself Chicago's Big Ten team, so I think yeah. I was trying to combat that a little bit and say, all right, we'll play you at Soldier Field. Um, and then I think uh, when Lovey got hired, he said, we, you know, we want to play in front of our fans at, at our, um, our homes. So okay. We don't want Fair to enough. That, home, yeah. that home advantage. So, so he, uh, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think he was the one who decided to, to bring it back to Champagne. Okay. And I mean, we had a, we had a great time in Champagne. We would have had a great time at Soldier Field regardless. The game was still fun. So, but yeah. yeah all right. Good to know. Um, but yeah, no, good question, Johnny. I totally don't know why I didn't ask. I thought I had something related to that in the next portion, but that, yeah, that flew right over my head. <laughs> no, that's all right, John. I think that about sets it up for you to, uh, go on a little quick hit, uh, ran here, uh, with Joe here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, we, we've got them all lined up here. Uh, let's just do it. Shy Sykes weekly style and you can roll with them. Yeah, so um, Joe, you may not know, but Johnny and I, we do do Big Ten on tap. This is all part of a greater sports group called the On Tap Sports Network. You know, we cover like all things Chicago sports. So we're huge White Sox fans too, and we also have a White Sox podcast. 
Um, I've actually met uh, Bennett, your roommate. He came to one of our tailgates, not like inadvertently. He was meeting up with Dave. You know Barstool Dave, right? Yeah, it was Northwestern yeah. night at the rate. <laughs> yeah, it was Northwestern night at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. I don't know if you were there or not, but yeah, we. So, um, but yeah, we do that for the White Sox, and we have this little segment that we do with our guests on our show, and it's called Quick Hits, and it's just like a rapid fire question around and you just got to kind of basically i mean you it, like don't feel pressured to answer like right away but you just yeah. got to kind of give me the first answer that pops on the top of your head all right sounds great and if it's i don't think i have like any questions that are like overbearing but if it is a question that you're uncomfortable with just be like yeah i'm good <laughs> but all right okay sounds good all right so uh quick hits i know you're a patriots guy but who's your favorite football player ever tom brady tom brady Favorite spot to eat in Evanston? Ten uh, Q Chicken. Okay, chicken guy. Uh, favorite sport besides football? I meant to throw that one out, but go ahead. <laughs> Lacrosse. All right. Uh, what are you going to miss the most about college? Um, just the camaraderie in the locker room. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll get that, too, in the NFL, or hopefully you will. But uh, favorite yep. road game atmosphere ever? Uh, the Horseshoe at Ohio State. Yeah, that was a great game. Wow. Austin, Austin, Carr, Austin Carr was inbounds. But, all right, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> favorite food to eat? Uh, steak. Yeah, I'm a big steak guy myself. All right. Uh, what's your favorite beer to drink? Water. Water, there we go. <laughs> He's like, I'm training for the NFL. <laughs> Water. Uh, who is your favorite band of all time? Favorite band? Uh, Blink-182. Okay. Um, what's your favorite movie of all time? Pulp Fiction. That's a great movie. Hell yeah. I, I, top five for sure. <laughs> um, what's your favorite jersey scheme that you wore throughout your career for Northwestern? Uh, Got to be the Gothics. I figured, yeah, those are badass. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Johnny had kind of said your favorite Landa-Lincoln game, but what is your favorite game of your career, if you could narrow it down to one? I know you played in over 50, so it might be hard, but to take your time if you have to. What your favorite game in your whole Northwestern career? I'd say Holiday Bowl in San Diego. That comeback was insane. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that That's was the culmination it. of the whole thing, being in San Diego and, and playing in a game like that and having that comeback, it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I think that that was New Year's Eve, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun that night, for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And we had kind of asked a little bit before, but who is the funniest teammate? Could have been from past Northwestern teams, could be a current member of the team. I know J.B. Butler is a funny guy, so you might go with him. But who's the who's your funniest teammate? Um, I'd say Jake Saunders. He's, he's very sneakily one of the funniest guys. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of press for it, but I think he's hilarious. The low-key funny guys are my favorite kind of funny guys because they're, they yeah, fly under the radar. Like, yep, he's got, like, some sly comments every once in a while that, like, if you think about it, you just start die laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. All right, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. What is next for Joe Gaziano? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in Florida right now training for, uh, for the Combine. Um, so it's, uh, extensive, you know, six days a week, two sessions a day, pretty much, um, training to try to get my body right. And, and basically combat's pretty much attract me. So getting ready to do all these certain events and, and post some good times and, um, 
you know, after, uh, after hopefully I get the invite to the NFL combine hasn't come yet, but, um, you know, hopeful for that. We'll be oh, playing you the will. West Shrine game. Yeah. I'll be playing in the East West Shrine game in January as well. So that'll be a great experience against some great competition. Um, and then after that, just, uh, you know, packing up and, and hopefully going somewhere uh, after after the draft and, and, you know, playing for a team and, and making, uh, you know, making Northwestern and, and the Big Ten proud. Hell yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's that's it for me. Joe, we yeah. appreciate you coming on. Johnny, do you have anything else you want to uh, ask guys before we let them go? Uh, I guess this is a recency thing. Uh, I know you're, you know, from out east. So uh, first I'd ask, are you a hockey guy at all? Yes. So do you like the Bruins well, then? Well, no. Yeah, I like the Bruins. Okay, um, what'd you think about that game last the night Black then? Huh? Well. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you said you do like the Hawks as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I was just going to ask because I had, you know, that was a little timely with, you know, you being from out there. But uh, then just another thing, uh, do you kind of make Chicago a second home then? I mean, obviously you're there for like so long, but, um, you know, that kind of holds a special place in your heart then? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Chicago's a great city. And, you know, being from out east, it, um, that will always be kind of home base for me. But Chicago, I've, I've made so many friends and, and had so many lasting memories there that um, it'll definitely be a special place for me. And I'll, uh, every time I come back, uh, you know, I look forward to the day that I can, you know, kind of come back and visit friends and, and uh, be integrated with, with Chicago once again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, th- that's all I've got, John. So, uh, Joe, I just want to say thank you again for uh, joining us. You know, first player guest, John, I don't think we could have gotten a better one. Uh, right. You know, especially fucking, where do we go from here? Yeah, got, <laughs> got, a, got a very timely um, and, you know, uh, caught him right before uh, something even bigger and better is happening for him. So uh, you may Joe, be able to stitch the clip in Johnny, but I was on the sideline like poor guy just finished his college career and I'm just on the sideline. Yeah. piss hammer. Just guys, guys, hey, guys. Hey. Shysack John on Twitter, you follow me. Hey, I'm trying to have you on my podcast, bro. Let me know, I'll DM you, bro. I got you. Thank you for everything, guys. Hell yeah! <laughs> like, Dude, what the oh, fuck do you yeah. want? But yeah, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. You know, I appreciate everything that you've done for Northwestern over the past couple of years. Definitely, if not my favorite defensive Northwestern player of all time, top five for sure. You're the shit, dude. So we appreciate you. Um, and you're you're an awesome guy. Like, was this your first podcast appearance? Uh, yeah, first podcast. Dude, you're chill. Like, you're super chill, you know? Like, because a lot of guys will come on, like, super professional. And we've had, like, past White Sox players on our other uh, podcasts as well. So, like, the fact that you're, like, just you came on super laid back off top, like, you're a cool ass dude. Yeah. You're welcome to come <laughs> back anytime, that. man. Uh, thanks for all the kind of words. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, it's been a pleasure. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, we'll be in contact soon. All right. Good luck, man. Go Cats. Thank you. Go Cats. All thanks, guys. See you. All right, and that was Joe Gaziano. Uh, we thank him for joining Big Ten on tap for our first player guest. John, that was a great one to have. Um, what do you think of it? That interview, in my opinion, could not have gone any better. Like I was just kind of saying as we were letting him go, what a laid back dude. Like he came on cool as a fucking cucumber and was <laughs> he was a great interviewee. So thank you so much, Joe. Like we had said, we wish you nothing but the best in your pursuit for your professional career. 
such a humble guy. He's like, if I get the combine, get the fuck out of here, Joe. You're getting that combine invite. You're good, man. <laughs> You're going to get drafted. We believe in you. And I'm sure you will make a name for yourself at the next level as well. So, um, but yeah, moving on, Johnny, we had uh, Northwestern played a basketball game and the Illini played a basketball game. The illustrious ACC Big Ten, uh, Big Ten ACC challenge. I don't know. I normally say it like that, but however you want to call it. Happened over this past couple days. Um, I don't know who won. I, the Big I know Ten the took last, it home. They did. Okay, the last yeah. I had saw it was five to five, and that was at the end of the, uh, I believe, Tuesday night games. So, um, but yeah, the it, it went good for one team and not so great for the yeah. other. So I'll let you lead into it. How did your Illini fare in the Big Ten ACC Challenge this past yep. week? So uh, it looked like it could have gotten really ugly to start, and it was ugly to start. Um, they had Miami at home. This was on Monday night. So uh, full disclosure before I get into this, I was not uh, watching this game. Um, I have a partial season ticket planned for the Blackhawks, so uh, they played Monday night. It was my buddy's birthday, so we were up there. I wasn't watching it at all. Um, I was at the UC, but my uncle, who had provided us with the parking pass uh, where we tailgated for the Illinois-Northwestern uh, football game on Saturday, uh, you know, he's a big Illini guy, uh, kind of what helped get me into this whole, uh, you know, Illini fandom uh, growing up. But he, uh, I met up with him for dinner on Tuesday night, and he kind of gave me the full rundown. So uh, I will translate uh, notes. You know, they'll be via me, but these are my Uncle Tom's notes from the game. So here we go. Uh, Illinois lost Miami 81-79. That was the final. Uh, it was Monday night in Champaign. Uh, they trailed by 19 at halftime. Scores 50-31. So that's where I'm saying that, you know, this thing looked ugly early. And you're, you're uh, down you're down 19 at half. Oh, man. Uh, in a game that, could have been a statement here. Uh, definitely could have. Uh, anyway, in the second half, they, they made a comeback. Uh, they couldn't complete it. Uh, I think they got it, you know, within, I uh, want to say it was close to tied um, down the stretch of that second half. But, you know what, bite you free throws. Uh, that's what my uncle said. And he's right, uh, 17 and 23. I mean, think about it. You just make uh, three more of those and you're in a tie game scenario here. Um you know, th- that hurts. And then a quiet night from Georgie Bashanas Vili. Uh, it's great to see Kofi Coburn up there putting up 23 points uh, and having himself a game. He seems like he's always going to do that. But if you're going to be effective uh, against these types of opponents, you need to have both of your big guys going. Um, and Kofi being in the middle should open up that mid-range game for Georgie more. And it just wasn't there. Uh, Georgie had six points, like I said, a quiet night for him. He did have eight uh, boards when on a night when Kofi was uh, a little bit more boxed out. Uh, they were really targeting him there, um, at least on the offensive glass. So, um he contributed in that department, but man, uh, you need the scoring from there because you know you're going to get it from Io. You know you're going to get it from Coburn, but that supplementary scoring, John, I think is where um, Illinois is going to win or lose basketball games. Uh, if you guys like Andres Feliz, Trent Frazier, and uh, Georgie are, are able to supplement you, maybe Ellen Griffin with some threes off the bench, um, you're going to need that, especially when you're having to play catch up. Uh, three ball is going to have to be huge. So, um, you know, not, not a great night shooting it from three. Uh, so they. Uh, you know, they got to pick it up and move on quickly because, John, uh, the upcoming games here, uh, not, not easy at all. They're at Maryland Saturday, 4 p.m. That's on uh, ESPN2. And uh, Maryland, like you said, legit top five opponent. Uh, and then Michigan uh, will probably fall out of it by the time that Illinois plays them. But uh, that's at home on Wednesday, 8 p.m. 
uh, and Big Ten Network. So uh, this we talked about how we hated the setup for the schedule, Big Ten wise, uh, where they play these two before New Year's, whereas before it was kind of you know right around New Year's, maybe even New Year's Day when they'd start Big Ten schedule. I wish it was like that this year, so Illinois had a little more time to sort themselves out. But um, you know we'll see what they're made of completely, and if they're a team that's made for March or not. I'm not saying that they can't make the tournament if they lose these next two games, but. Um, you know, if they win, it could, it's obviously going to be a huge resume builder and it's going to be um, a confidence builder for them as well. So um, that's all I've got on uh, Illinois. They, like I said, just one game in this past week. Um, you know, they'll be having a lot of time off, too. I think that doesn't help them. Uh, I'd rather be in kind of game mode uh, every third day or so. But uh, that's just the way the schedule rolls uh, when you're getting close to finals here. So, um, yeah, that's uh, all I've got for Illinois hoops about Northwestern. Yeah, so Northwestern actually only played the one game. They were uh, the last time we had recorded. They were wrapping up their um, uh, early season tournament that Fort Myers tip off. They had lost that game to Pitt, unfortunately, and they had another ACC opponent coming up. And they played. They played very well. They came out as a three and three team playing a four and four Boston College team. But this is a Boston College team that you know they had had. They lost to St. Louis and they lost to Richmond and they lost to DePaul, but DePaul's undefeated. St. Louis is always a consistent program out of the Atlantic 10, and even Richmond's had a good historic, been good historically in basketball the last couple of years. So, other than that, they beat Wake Forest and they beat South Florida. So, kind of a team similar to Northwestern, it seemed to me, very inconsistent in terms of the games that they had played over the course of the season. And Northwestern came out and they dominated this game start to front, Johnny. Boston College had a clear game plan, it seemed to me, on stopping Pat Spencer, and Northwestern came out and proved that they don't need Pat Spencer to have the keys to the offense for them to win. Um, true freshman Boo Booey, he is uh, he used to play for Penn State. I believe his name's Taylor Battle. I can't remember. He was a fucking stud back in the like um, early 2010s. He's his like first cousin. I believe their moms or sisters. And, you know, dude came out and scored, like, 20 points in 24 minutes and was just filling up the bucket, dude. Like, I I think he might have missed one shot. He was just hitting floater after floater, making smart passes, and that's encouraging to see after a kid that came out and looked like Trey Demps 2.0. Some of my Northwestern fans out there might, and you might even know I'm talking about, who just put up every fucking shot he had when he had the ball. (laughs) And that's cool to an extent, but if we're not scoring while you're doing that, then you need to slow the fuck down while you're doing that. So um, other than that, Miller Cop, the true sophomore guard out of Houston, who kind of had some up-and-down struggles throughout his freshman year. He's kind of had some inconsistency struggles throughout this year. Came out, same deal. He was filling up the cup, too. He had 20 points as well. I believe he had four rebounds. And then Pete Nance has just been consistent. You know, he's been a consistent. He's going to get you about 8 to 12 points a game, and he's going to get you about 6 to 10 rebounds a game, and there's nothing you can fucking do to stop it. So the fact that Northwestern is starting to form some consistency, I would like to see Anthony Gaines, who is one of our, you know, upperclassmen leaders. He's more of a defensive guy. He's not really in there for offensive purposes. But I would like to see him tap into his offensive potential We've seen him have some offensive outbursts throughout his career, so um, I believe they need to incorporate him more. But other than that, um, it was cool to see A.J. Turner, who's a senior transfer. Things didn't really work out for him at Boston College. He came from Boston College to give him a homecoming and a year where he's clearly just a reserve at this point. He's not really a contributor in really any way, and they gave him almost 30 minutes to you know get revenge against his team. We had built a cushionable enough lead to give him 
like he basically played like the whole second half. So that was cool to see him get his little revenge. I think he had like six points. Uh, he had a he had like a ridiculous dunk actually. So other than that, uh, moving on, you and I are not fucking fans of this, and we've talked about it before. These stupid ass Big Ten games in the beginning of December. And then you go right back into, like, random non-conference games against teams like fucking Hartford or Southern Illinois, which is who Northwestern has to play after they play this weekend. But they yeah. play Purdue on Sunday. Um, Purdue, a team that has also been plagued with inconsistency. Jesus, college basketball sucks this year. But um, they just came off a win against Virginia. They, like, dominated Virginia. And Virginia is the, you know, the reigning national champs. Here's a team that returned most of their roster from last year reigning national champs, number five team in the country, and just came out and looked like dog shit. So, and I mean, teams have those games, but they did not look by any means like the reigning national champs to me. I watched like that whole game. So Mm -hmm. I actually had a little money on that game. But uh, yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) Purdue came out and they won at home. Um, And then we have to play Michigan State in like a week or two. I'm sure we'll talk again before that happens, being with the Illini Bowl announcement and a couple key basketball games this weekend. I'm sure we'll probably talk like next weekend or or next week or something. But Mm They got a tough schedule coming up, and they open up their conference schedule as follows. Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota, Indiana, and Iowa. That's not easy. No. They might they might come out the gates a hot 0-5. So we'll see. Um, other than that, that's about all I have for basketball in the state of the north of, of catsketball, as I like to call it, as of <laughs> right now. Um, but, yeah, DePaul undefeated. They loom on the schedule. We play them uh, the week of Christmas. We play them, or I believe it's the weekend heading into the week of Christmas. We play them December 21st, so... Okay, yeah, so... I want to beat them. Yeah, and and just kind of interesting you bring that up. Um, I feel like it's a, you know, there's rivalry, uh, obviously not as big as uh, this in um, college basketball as it is in football, but, you know, you talked about it that Saturday before uh, Christmas. Um, DePaul, Northwestern, I know they had signed the, you know, whatever contract to play those series. Uh, and this is, like we said, going to be the fourth of them. Four, I think it was um, a four-year home-and-home, and Northwestern's 3-0 and as of right now in the series. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully you guys get that sweep. But uh, Illinois, they're going to be looking to avenge a uh, embarrassing bragging rights, bragging rights loss right. last year. Um, that's on, you know, in St. Louis on that same Saturday. Um, like I said, I think I'd already bitched about it on a previous episode, but the start time being uh, 12 noon uh, instead of 7 p.m. like it normally is. Yeah, what the um, fuck? So, yeah, I'm going to, I was, you know, I'm going to be down there uh, in St. Louis at least that Sunday. So um, if it was that Saturday night game, maybe I would have been able to go and hit it. But, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to get down to St. Louis in time on Saturday morning for that. So yeah, you'd have to have um, like a us departure for champagne this past weekend type of leave time probably even before yeah it six hours seven six seven hours no it is st louis from here it's like close to five but yeah i yeah. mean you know it gets gets it gets to that and then if you have weather or traffic or construction or any shit like that uh it can pile up on you so um yeah i don't i don't, I don't like it but whatever that's schedule they got to play it um i hope they get those bragging rights back and uh they're going to need probably some bounce back wins because I'll be honest with you, if we're going to give a little prediction on how they're going over this next stretch um, until that bragging rights game, uh, one and two, and the only win is coming against Old Dominion. <laughs> uh, that, that's the Saturday after those previous games that I'd mentioned, those two Big Ten foes in Maryland and Michigan. Um, Michigan, for whatever reason, seems to uh, have our number even when we're on uh, home court in Champaign. So uh, I've done it in years where they've been even, you know, not, not as good as they are this year. And they're... Uh, back up in uh, those top ranks. And like you said, maybe falling out of the top five, but still, um, you know, a highly touted team in Michigan uh, that they have to play. So uh, not looking forward to it, really. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, the fact that they fucking gave you two top five teams, and like we said, Michigan probably not going to, they might be in like the top ten because they they lost to Louisville. It's not like they they lost like a crazy, they might drop just a couple spots, so who knows, probably a top ten team for sure. Um, But yeah, that's, dude, oh my gosh, I feel bad for you guys. It's hard to say, and they, they they need to do this better. Because if they want the Big Ten to be competitive into late February like they expect it to be mm-hmm. every year, they need to set up these middle-of-the-tier, bottom-tier teams, which Northwestern is one of those bottom-tier, Illinois is one of more of those middle-of-the-tier teams. They need to set them up for more sort of success out of the gate. They need to match them up with teams that they, they – like, give me fucking Northwestern Illinois on Sunday. Don't give yep. me fucking – you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to play Purdue or Michigan State out the gate. And I know you don't want to play Maryland or – those are the top four <laughs> teams in the – or well, Ohio State's actually fucking ridiculously good this year. But, yeah. And even Indiana looks – oh, dude, the Big Ten's going to be tough this year. We got a long couple uh, couple of months ahead of us. So. Yeah, but other do. than that, guys, I had a lot of fun recording today's episode. And, yeah, I, I, I shit, go catch, Johnny. Yeah, is. thanks to Joe Gaziano for coming on. Uh, that's all I've got. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll try to get some more guests on in the future. So until then, I'll I and I go on again.